Riding through this world All alone God takes your soul You're on your own The crow flies straight A perfect line On the devil's back Until you die Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Crossroads Podcast. It's your boy, the man of a thousand gimmicks, the dustiest man in the game, Diamond Dave. How the fuck are you, everyone? So, anyways, I want to apologize for this uh, being dropped a little late. Reason being, I'm uh, doing some uh, work with um, a close friend. With um, some handiwork on food trucks And on Friday I didn't get back home Until the final Segment of Smackdown So I didn't really think it was Appropriate for me to record an episode With only seeing The Last segment of Smackdown So I delayed it by a little bit uh, Not too long But anyway We'll get right into it. This isn't going to be a super long episode. Um, but yeah, so let's get into it. Um, so with Raw, what was interesting was the fact that uh, earlier in the day last Monday, Drew was announced as having contracted COVID-19. And it looks like uh, there may or may not be another COVID outbreak in the uh, big com- the big companies re- uh, the big feds, so to speak. Um, the other day, Nyla Rose from AEW announced that she contra- uh, that she's in quarantine from being in direct contact with somebody who contracted COVID nineteen. Um, unfortunately, without a bubble. Anytime we've talked about COVID, I've mentioned this. Without a bubble, there's no way to guarantee a COVID-free environment. So that kind of uh, changed around the plans for all because Drew was supposed to face Randy Orton in the main event. So... They went with an old reliable. They had Triple H come back. And uh, it was nice seeing Triple H on the mic again. Uh, Really, Triple H on the mic again confronting Randy Orton. Uh, It goes to show that he still has it. So, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if we potentially get a... Legit Triple H match down the road instead of what we got, but more on that later. Uh, their um, face-off ended with Randy Orton and Triple H uh, for a match in the main event. Now, 
I didn't really like majority of the show. So I'm not going to go through majority of the show. Just I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. Uh, But one thing I will say that I'm not really a fan of is this thing going on between Lacey Evans and Ric Flair. First off, Ric Flair at his age, he shouldn't be on these shows in a weekly basis anyway. Especially with the fact that some of these superstars are contracting COVID. And mind you, just two weeks ago was Legends Night. So I'm not sure the exact time frame that... uh, Drew McIntyre contracted COVID, but I think we can all agree uh, for the time being, Ric Flair shouldn't be on the show regularly, but who, who, who am I? I'm just a podcaster voicing my opinions, but um, why are we getting a Ric Flair, Lacey Evans love angle type of a deal? Like, that's kind of weird to me, like, just with the age difference in and of itself, um, I'm not really vibing it, but, uh, I have read that, uh, WWE's looking to do more quote-unquote romantic angles, um, yeah, that's cool and all, but maybe one closer in age, that doesn't present a opportunity for one of them to really suffer from COVID. I don't know. I think it's really stupid. Um, I don't know where it's going, but uh, if you've watched WWE for a while, uh, you've definitely seen Ric Flair in a love angle. So, Hey, old reliable. Um, the match between uh, Triple H and Randy Orton, it, uh, it didn't really, like, turn into a match, so to speak. It was basically just, like, fighting, so to speak. We got Triple H lighting his uh, trusty sledgehammer on fire. Um, but it wasn't so much what happened during the match, but rather what happened after the match. Or towards the end of what the match was supposed to be. Uh, We had an Alexa Bliss appearance. Who uh, shot a very convincing fireball in Randy Orton's face. Uh, I'm not sure how they did it. But I guess that's one of the advantages of of, um, having the Thunderdome. Uh, You don't really have the fans surrounding the ring so you're able to utilize space in between the superstars to do this uh type of a stunt so to speak uh i'm still really i'm really interested in what uh and what we get from it like Mind you, we still haven't had a return of the Fiend since he was lit on fire. And now we've had, uh, you know, this even more warped version of Alexa with Alexa's Playground. The uh, cliffhanger two weeks ago, dousing herself in gasoline. And then the cameras on Randy with the match. And then this last week we got 
Alexa shooting the fireball. So I'm interested to see if maybe where this is going to be leading to another return of the fiend or a different iteration of the fiend. I don't know, but I'm definitely down for it. So that was raw. Now in NXT, we got the uh, first couple matches of the first couple matches of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Um, one of those matches, uh, yeah, we got th- we had a. Uh, Swerve Scott and uh, Jake Atlas versus the debuting MSK. Uh, MSK turned out to be uh, the first uh, two debuting members from the most recent uh, performance class signees, formerly known as Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz, now going under the aliases of the gimmicks of Wes Lee and Nash Carter. A lot of people that I saw on, um, a lot of people that I saw online were not a fan of these names, but were overall really impressed with, uh, with these guys. I mean, I, I did see some really stupid hate saying, like, Nash Carter needs to, uh, you know, maybe get to the gym a little bit because maybe he looked out of shape. But um, it really was weird for me to see that they uh, debuted without... Um, they debuted without Trey Miguel. Now, uh, MSK ended up beating uh, Jake Atlas and uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. We also had Undisputed Era versus Breezango. Um, obviously, Undisputed Era, you cannot count out of a uh, tournament like this. They've been... They've been the team since their debut on NXT. Um, we also uh, we also saw the grizzled young vets, Zachary Gibson, Liverpool number one, and uh, and his partner. I forget his partner's name. That's how much I really don't like. Uh, Ah, James Drake. Uh, I'm not really a fan of Grizzled Young Vets. I think they're fucking annoying. And, I mean, they're talented and all, but I don't know. I'm not really feeling them on the the main roster. Um, uh, The main uh, NXT roster. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know. uh, I don't watch the... um, I don't watch uh, 205 Live, but um, Legado del Fantasma beat uh, the Bollywood Boys and um, August Gray, formerly known 
as um, Austin Green. Uh, Anthony Green, my bad, uh, lost to Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. So that was interesting. We also got our first four teams announced for the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which will be happening for the first time this year. Those teams are Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter, who will be taking on Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. And we also have the teams of Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, and the ways Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. So I'm very interested to see who the next couple of teams being announced are. So now um, we had another thing that happened on uh, NXT is we had the face-off with Thatcher and Ciampa. We are are officially getting Fight Pit 2 this week. I'm still curious on why we didn't have it for New Year's Evil. They're still going by a injury to Thatcher during training, yada, yada, yada. I don't know what it is, whatever. But uh, we had Finn Balor appearance interrupted by Pete Dunne along with a killer cross vignette with um, Scarlet doing a tarot card reading. Uh, I really like this. Um, You guys know I'm a huge Cross fan. I mean, Cross is one half of this show's namesake. The other was from DFDC, uh, who's one of his favorites uh, is Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. But um, I'm curious on whether we're going to get a singles match between... Balor and one of them leading to the other, or if we could potentially get a triple threat out of this, I don't know. But as Cameron Grimes would say, either grouping of those three to the moon, like literally to the moon, book it. It will make me so happy. Just one thing I do have to emphasize, I do think it is way too early to have Cross lose. Mind you, he's still undefeated in NXT. He's, up until New Year's Evil, has been able to deal with his opponents with relative ease. On top of the fact that he had to relinquish a title. So, I don't think now is a proper time to have him lose yet. Uh, the only thing I want to talk about um, AW is the fact that uh, the Inner Circle announced that they're going to be facing each other to see which team becomes the official tag team of the Inner Circle. Um You had Jericho and MJF get together. You have Sammy Guevara and uh, Jake Hager get together. The only funny thing that came out of that was the Sammy Hager, um, the Sammy Hager reference. Uh, Obviously, I guess it seems that um, 
That's a little before Sammy Guevara's time. And then you have an actual tag team. I mean, actual, like they've tagged before, they've won championships before, proud and powerful, formerly known as LAX. So I, I'm, I'm really confused by this. Two put-together teams in a faction, actual team in a faction. Two put-together teams in a faction, actual team in a faction. It literally makes no fucking sense to me. It doesn't. It literally doesn't. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I really hope to God that Proud and Powerful are the ones that uh, go over in this match, so to speak. Um, I'm still not really feeling MJF and uh, Wardlow as a part of the inner circle. And uh, Wardlow felt really left out during this segment with uh, MJF uh, teaming with Jericho and uh, Jake Hager and Sammy Guevara. So I don't really know what the point was. Um, But hey... Guess we'll see what happens this week. I guess I, I don't know. Um, we also did have uh, the first quote-unquote defense of the TNT Championship: Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. Um, I didn't really see much of this match because I was more focused on NXT. Um, the parts I did see, I mean, I I, I guess. We're just going to get a bunch of matches that devolve into mayhem and gets under control when Sting appears with the snow coming down. I guess. I don't know. And I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with the Good Brothers um, and Kenny Omega. Kenny, It was announced that Kenny Omega was going to be... Um, teaming with the elite for the first time in a while and uh the good brothers came out they did have uh they did have their match on um impacts hard to kill uh this past saturday i didn't um i didn't watch it just because uh currently I don't have the uh money to be spending on those pay-per-views but uh the highlights that I watched from the match were uh pretty good but I mean we had Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers go over Rich Swan, Chris Sabin and Moose who filled in for uh injured Alex Shelley Um, the only other thing I'll say from that event, uh, I feel bad for Ethan Page, how Impact, uh, basically didn't even bother editing his match against a karate man, who is Ethan Page, it was, it's a character on his YouTube show, um, but, it's it's been announced for a while that Ethan Page was not resigning. He was already out the door, and that was his last contracted match. So I guess it was just uh, you didn't resign. So here you go. But hey, it did look pretty um, 
It did look pretty Mortal Kombat-y. So we'll leave it at that. But what I was getting at bringing this... um, bringing this event up is I still don't know what the impact AEW stuff is leading to. I mean, after seeing the highlights from the match, I could easily see like a legitimate match between Rich Swan and Kenny Omega, but I don't know what sort of end goal they're trying to get to. I really don't. Other than exposure for both companies, even though AEW has significant more exposure in the States than um, Impact does, considering the AXS channel is not on everyone's uh, cable. So there's that. But uh, it was interesting... Uh, also that Kenny was wearing a Bullet Club shirt from New Japan. And the three of them were performing in Impact, and he's the AEW World Champion. So I'm really curious to see whether we're going to get, like, you know, some chirping now between the AEW and the NJPW uh, companies. Um, Obviously, Bullet Club is... Uh, trademarked by NJPW. It is still an NJPW stable. And um, I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, it's it's funny, um, all the Bullet Club references. And then Tamatanga's over on his Twitter being like, what the fuck, bro? Like, I mean, Tama was one of the originals. Obviously, Balor was... Fale and um, Carl Anderson. So uh, it's really interesting if we're going to start seeing some cease and desist or whatnot, even though, let's be serious, I think WWE is the only company that's petty enough to do that. So that brings us to SmackDown, which when I say there's only two things I want to talk about SmackDown, there is actually only two things I want to talk about SmackDown. First is Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura got his original music, The Rising Sun back. Now, like I said, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the first three quarters of Raw live, but when I was watching the um, final segment, which I'll talk about in a little bit, I saw a lot of people, like, you know, talking about, like, Shinsuke just went full babyface, like, yo, could they be potentially setting him up to win the Royal Rumble and actually correct the mistakes of 2018 when he won the Royal Rumble and then lost to AJ Styles at WrestleMania and then led him to having a whole summer of talking about balls and nuts. I don't know, but when I went back and um, watched that, and actually, um, good a good brother had uh, posted um, what I think was one of Shinsuke's most amazing entrances, the entrance for WrestleMania 34, and 
I I have to say, whenever I hear that music, his original music, I literally get goosebumps, especially from the WrestleMania one where they had the ramp lined with the violin players and then you had Nita Strauss at the at the top doing um the rising sun on electric guitar, like literally Goosey bumps all over my body So it was great to see him do that And exact uh, His revenge on Jay Uso For Jay Uso's contributions To his beatdown That led to Adam Pierce Winning the gauntlet match So that was the first thing I want to talk about And the second thing I want to talk about Was the fact That During the contract signing, sometimes they go right, sometimes they don't. This time they don't. As a W, Adam Pierce said, as a WWE official, um, he has a say in who replaces someone in a match when they're not medically cleared to compete, and that he's not medically cleared to compete. And he didn't announce this until after Roman signed the contract. And, uh, he goes up the ramps, you know, says it's crazy how these uh, stingers roll up on you like that. But as a WWE official, I uh, I have a hand in picking a replacement. And uh, one has just been chosen. Enter Kevin fucking Owens. And this is already after... The stipulation for the match was announced as a last man standing match. So I'm really liking where this is heading. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm all the way I, I I'm I'm all the way in on this. Uh, but of course, I'm already going to predict we're going to be getting. Uh, Interference from Jay and possibly Jimmy, depending on his injury during the last man standing match. So honestly, I hope to God Kevin Owens has some help as well. I'm not sure if it could be from maybe Sami Zayn. Maybe they put their stuff away. I would love to see the two of them win the tag team belts together. Maybe Shinsuke Nakamura, since now he's kind of a... Involved in the uh, in storyline, so to speak, even though uh, he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Um, but yo, know, just count me in, and also just seeing Roman Reigns's face during this segment was absolutely priceless. And I'll. I'll Another point of interest I would like to make, I'm still trying to understand, so if you guys understand this, just please, like, hit me up at my Twitter. I'm still trying to understand the reasoning why the Iconics broke up, so you have Billy Kay go, trying out new tag teams and now being, quote-unquote, the third third girl in the right squad, um... And then with Peyton Royce, you have her on and off with Lacey Evans. I don't know. I think it's really weird to break up a developed tag team to make them 
work in other attack teams. So I don't know. It's kind of weird, but uh, I fa- what I found funny was uh, Billy Kay's post how she's been punk since she was like mid teens, and it, and it showed like her first entrance attire, th- and she was in a skirt, and I think she said that her first entrance music was um Avril Lavigne. So that was pretty cool and we all remember uh her moshing ability when uh she was outside the ring uh in one of her tag team feuds along with um Peyton Royce and she just starts like throwing fists to the air. So I mean I don't know this uh thing with the riot squad um could work. I don't know. I just found it weird. All of that isn't even the biggest news to come out of the WWE this weekend. The the wrestling gods came early with presents this year. We have an official date and location for not just this year's WrestleMania 37, but next year's WrestleMania 38 and the following year's WrestleMania 39. So this year, WrestleMania presented by Snickers will be on Saturday, April 10th and Sunday, April 11th at the location it was supposed to be last year, Raymond James Stadium, home of the Buccaneers, current home to Tom Brady. I would love to go there, but unfortunately, financials aren't uh, looking like it. And if I'm going anywhere, it's going to be on my Europe trip that was postponed from last year to this year in July if by any chance that works. But let's be let's call a spade a spade. I don't think it's gonna happen. So AK what I'm saying is homie's not ready to travel yet. But WrestleMania 38 will be on Sunday uh Sunday, April 3rd at AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. Now this is a huge thing for me. I I'm a big Cowboys fan. Uh, when I was young, and both my parents were unemployed, they actually had uh, our grandparents take care of me and my brother. My dad's parents took care of me, and we spent some time in Dallas. That's where I became a Cowboys fan. And then my brother was taken care of by my mom's parents, who were in New York. And somehow he became a 49ers fan. But, so... The first time around for uh, WrestleMania 32 at AT AT&T Stadium, it was before I started going to WrestleMania every year. But um, a good brother, uh, King Ricky, was able to uh, pick, scoop me up one of the um, WrestleMania jerseys. Uh, You know how they do the jerseys and like the team's colors and all that. So he was able to scoop me up a WrestleMania 32 jersey. Always is going to be one of my favorite. Ironically, the one WrestleMania I didn't go to. So, my return to WrestleMania is definitely looking like it is going to be in Arlington, Dallas for WrestleMania 38 on Sunday, April 3rd, 2022. I do hope by then the pandemic is under control. The vaccines are rolling out because it seems like the vaccines aren't rolling out so well. And apparently there's no stockpile. Uh, So... That'll be curious. Um, 
But to anyone who is planning on going, I wish you all the best. Stay safe. But the final of this announcement is WrestleMania 39 is going to be on Sunday, April 2nd, 2023 at this year's original location. SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, Los Angeles. Now, you it's it, it's weird. Usually they only announce the following years. WrestleMania, but I guess because of the way COVID took WrestleMania from Tampa Bay last year, Florida has some of the uh, least restrictions these days. I think Texas is in that same boat, and right now uh, the LA area is getting, unfortunately, really, they're really fighting this virus. Like, they're it's crazy the stats that are coming out of LA. But rather than getting one, we now have this year, next year, and the following years, WrestleMania. Now, the curious thing I found about this is that they're doing the two night thing again this year, but are returning to a single night format in 2022 and in 2023. We'll see how that goes, but that's neither here nor there. That's one for the podcast as I'm getting ready to close this bitch out. So, let me know. Are you guys excited about these next three WrestleMania locations? Do you think they should continue these two, uh, the two night, night one and night two just this year? Or if they should do it moving forward? Let me know how you feel about this. So, anyway, we're at that point of point in time of the show where I give you my locations to find me. You can find me on Facebook, David Malkwich, M-A-L-K-I-E-W-I-C-H. You can find me on Instagram, O-Z-T-E-P-O-8. You can find my bunny rabbit, Juniper, on Instagram, at J-U-N-I-P-E-R-B-U-N-Z. Funny thing about that. Her account, which was started over the summer, just hit earlier today, 628 followers. My Instagram currently has 951 followers, and my Instagram has been open for about eight, nine years now, at the least. So... I find that really funny that, hey, in the next couple months, my bunny rabbit's going to have more followers on me than me on Instagram. So if you want to see really cute pictures of my bunny rabbit and really cute videos of her during her playtime, follow at J-U-N-I-P-E-R-B-U-N-Z. And you can find me on Twitter at I-N-D-I-E underscore D-U-S-T-Y-D-A-V-E. If you follow me, you know that I've been in and out of Twitter jail a couple times last week. Um, I'm, I'm all good now, so there's that. And you can find me at The Crossroads at T-H-E-K-R-O-S-S-R-H-O-D-E-S. And you can find all episodes of The Crossroads, old and new, and The Pit Stops, at F-O-U-R-T-H-W-A-L-L-P-O.
S-O-P. And until next time, just remember, hashtag make it pop and hashtag TikTok do the work. Until next time, Diamond Dave out.